Yo, yo, yo. Good morning, Nashville. Good morning, Nashville. Peace to the city and peace to the planet. Your favorite podcast, man. We are back again. The Black Men Vent 2 podcast. Nashville, have you heard of Black Men Vent today? Super excited to bring you guys another episode getting into this week. My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by Jumbo. Nashville, my name is Leon Davis Jr. And I go by L-Dog. And uh, man, I know if you inside this morning, you probably looked outside and saw that weather and you just closed the, closed the shades, man. Like, man, I'm not going out there unless I have to. So if you didn't have to be out in it today, praise God. But if you got to be out, out there in it like I'm out there in it, hey, man, make sure you got your long johns on, man. Make sure you got your coffee, all that stuff to keep you warm, hand warmers, all that stuff. And while you got all that stuff on, make sure you take your time out, man, and listen to this podcast today, man. Check this episode out today. Man, you're going to be uh, surprised at another twist that we got for y'all this morning. Last week, we had a brother on here talking about how sidewalks impact our community. Well, this brother on here this morning, he's talking about another uh, uh, another area that impacts our community and another area in a genre of music that you really don't see a lot of us doing, but we do it. And part of the problem is people like myself just don't know about it. But now I'm aware. Hey, man, I did everything Pops just said, man. I really, really enjoyed this episode with this brother, me and my Pops. Both did, man. It gives you guys a variety of, of, of different content that each and every week we come out with. Uh, take some time, Nashville, to those that are, are real, real true riders, man, for Black Man Ventu. Go binge listen to some of those old episodes, man. Um, Jaron Spicer, shout out to him, man, in Corner to Corner. George Stanberry, one of the great basketball players in Nashville. Shout out to him, man. Um, just a many of different guys that we've had on the show. Again, Meshack Adams, outreach assistant at Walk Bike Nashville. So much content, so many different variety of guests that we bring on Black Man Vent 2, man. Check today's episode out. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a comment. After this sponsorship segment break, we'll get right into it. This is your favorite podcast, man. We are the Black Man Vent 2 Podcast. Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Vent today? Just like that, just like that, man. We're back. We're back, man. Good morning to you guys again. It is Wednesday, Pop. Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, man. Yeah, we man. are glad to have you guys, man, again on the Black Man Vinci Podcast. As I always say, the baddest podcast in Nashville, man. Have you heard a Black Man Vent today? You guys know us at this point, man. We we 82, 83 episodes in, man. So as you know, we may have a variety of black men that come on this show. You may see uh, a, a pastor one week, you may see a rapper the next week. But That's I right. think That's this right. week brings a different flavor. Um, we have a musical guru, you know, and what he does, his his industry, how he presents himself in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Patrick Daly, Nashville, is joining us on the Black Man Ventu podcast. My good friend, how you doing this morning? Brother, I'm doing well. Thank yes, y'all for having me. It's honestly a pleasure and a privilege to uh, join y'all in conversation today. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Love it. Love it, man. Hey, if you guys don't know this brother, uh, we will drop all his social media tags at the end of the episode as well as in the caption. The dude can sing yeah, his man. tail off. Yeah, I, I, I got to vouch for him, man. Yeah. He'll yeah. get more into it 
But uh, hey, man, roll through some of them social media clips, man. The dude is, is blowing the wigs off some folks' heads, man. I'm mm-hmm. telling y'all, he, he a bad dude, man. But Patrick, to some that may know you, some that may not, man, introduce yourself, man. Let Nashville know who you are, and we'll get into the question of the day. Mm-hmm. As uh, my Angelou said, um, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people who uh, who are with me in every moment. Uh, all of those ancestors and all of those many thousand gone, as the old spiritual would say. Um, I am uh, Gloria Daly Towner's son and Roger Daly's son and uh, the son of uh, Reverend Charles Edward Towner, the stepson of Reverend Charles Edward Towner. Um I am a singer, uh, an educator. I love black people, mm. uh, and there, and I and I with a with a real true passion for black people and for the possibilities of black people, uh, the possibilities and the wealth of blackness. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just, you know, do what I do in what I do as a singer, particularly in opera, but I sing everything, but, um, particularly in opera, I do what I can to sort of, yes, smash and shake up, um, stereotypes, Mm -hmm. but also, and, and to sort of, again, present various possibilities, but also as a reclamation. Um, as I tell my students, we are, there is no art and culture without Black people. Um, and not just from this country, right? Not just from the Western lens mm-hmm. of the U.S., but in particular as the genesis for humanity. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, so... The elements of storytelling, movement, music, sound, uh, instrumentation, singing that all make up the, uh, the the art form of opera or or ballet or theater or dance, um, visual arts, etc. All of those things are inherently African. Mm-hmm. people that we hold in high esteem don't have are not without complications mm. oh, um, are not without yeah. contradictions oh man yeah and yeah. so i think that when i get up to sing those things i have to carry my full experience and my full personage in all of my intersections mm-hmm. in that music um so whether it is Handel or Bach, whether it is some new composer, because I do a lot of new music. And when I say new music, it's not like the new thing that's on the radio, mm-hmm. but like newly composed operas and mm-hmm. chamber works, you know, that mm-hmm. I've literally, that I've world premiered. Um, or if it's gospel, or if it's jazz, if it's musical theater, um, whatever it is, I show up in all of that. Um, and, and do my best to, again, show up in my full self so that my students and the next generations realize that it's possible to do anything. Yeah. I like like you have no, you really have no limits. I like it. And further to sort of, again, to reclaim, but also to shift perceptions about what is 
what is what's what's great what is beautiful what is acceptable mm-hmm. um and i'm saying this as somebody who was very much one of those quote-unquote respectable negroes yeah. um mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm very much like oh i can put together i, I will smoke it yeah I, I, right I, I can articulate a sentence yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I can do all of that. Talk to talk. You know, I went to school. Yeah. <laughs> you go to school to do a certain type of, get a master's degree, from, you know. Um, <laughs> you do all of that. I, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, I mean, man. I'm proud of that. Oh, yeah. I, I do what you got to do. Um, yes. You know, speaking of those degrees, I'm a graduate of the uh, FAIR and the National Treasure, Morgan State University in Baltimore, right. Maryland. Right. Um and uh, where, I, where I did my bachelor's, my undergrad degree is in vocal performance with a minor in dance education and a secondary concentration in choral conducting. Mm-hmm. And then I have a master's from Boston University okay. uh, in vocal performance. Um, and of course, I'm from Nashville, so I went to Na- Na- Metro Nashville Public Schools. Yes. Um, although I grew up in East Nashville. Yes, mm-hmm. oh, well, not really. I didn't grow up in East Nashville. I'll take it back. I grew up in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. I went to schools in East Nashville. And this is when this is when East Nashville was actually black. Yeah, yeah. It was, was East out Nashville. east. Yeah. It was out, out east, east, like that's what we said. East, yeah. uh, <laughs> it was out east. And yeah. so I went there and I was raised in part, of course, my mother. Well, my parents divorced when I was three. So when uh when I started going to school and when I was coming up and my mother went back to uh working, uh she was she's an educator, legendary educator, really. And when she went back to work, one of the mothers of our church, Friendship, down the street, mm-hmm. um, she, Mother Martha Fong, she started keeping me. So that's my, that was my nanny, almost like my grandmother. And her daughter was my, is my, and was my grandmother, my godmother, rather, um, Linda Long. Uh, they both since made transition, their ancestors now, so I shade to them. Um, also, nanny's husband, uh, Uncle Ben, or how I called him, Bigger Ben, Ben Long, um, also an ancestor. So, you know, I came up just in a village. Yes. Mm-hmm. The yes. teachers at um, those schools, like at when I was at Tom Joy and Hattie Cotton, there were teachers there who literally had been at the hospital or visited the hospital when I was born. Wow. Uh, because my mother was that educator. She was that girl, right? Yeah. So they were like, oh, Gloria finally had a baby. We got to go see her. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, cause I, I had those folks. And, you know, being that the mothers of my uh my nanny was a mother of the church i'm always with uh them going to every service that we had and so i'm very involved in all of the things within the church but also that that the church community provided within Mm -hmm. this i think i think we actually even our all of our churches should be in the stones river district Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. if we're talking about that so i was on all of those meetings and because my 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 nanny was a mother mm-hmm. and was in the missionaries, yeah. you know, all yeah. of that. So you got drugged to a lot of stuff. I got yeah. drugged to everything. I was I was at BTU. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know Baptist training. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I know yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So growing up, you know, again, living in Bellevue, but being out east and North Nashville being very much a part, I started studying voice because I wanted to be a fisk a fisk jubilee singer. Mm. That's actually why I started studying classical voice. Um and a couple of things happened that shifted that goal of being a jubilee singer um one is that of course like i said i went to the national school of the arts and while i'm in school 
and I'm I've always been like enamored with the Jubilee Singers. But while I was in school, in high school in particular, I started seeing other, you know, other possibilities. And PBS is so important. PBS is so important. And that I saw the there are a couple of things that happened. I saw uh, two PBS specials, the Cook Dixon and Young, um, or they were for, or formerly known as uh, Three Mo Tenors. Mm. So these are three black men, mm-hmm. um, two of whom are actual like tenor voices, and one who's a counter tenor, which is what my voice type is. Mm. And I'll explain that in a second. Um, I heard the I heard them, and they went from singing. You know, I think they opened with. Uh, Libiamo from uh, from Verdi's uh, La Traviata. So Libiamo like people have heard that. If you've heard it in every commercial on the man. Um, so they started off singing that and then they went from Libiamo into like their, this, this really great and fun arrangement of it don't mean a thing if it got that swing. <laughs> and I was like okay. and then I watched cool. it was crazy and I'm watching this and I'm like oh my god. And I'm watching them like, oh, they could do that. And I loved it because they were literally doing what I, as a kid, I'm like, I want to sing all these genres. Yeah. I love gospel. I love jazz. I love yeah. opera. I love musical theater. So you have everything in that. I was like, yeah. I, can, I understand it. I get that. Yeah. Then the other PBS special I saw was um, that of the, uh, the 25th anniversary concert of the Morgan State University Choir. Yeah. And... I was like taken aback. I had never really heard a college choir. Again, I love the Jubilee Singers, so Fiskites do not hate me. But I did not, I had not heard at that time a college choir, a black college choir that had so much variety, sang with such depth of color, um, and sort of, and, 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 and not in the, how can I put this? I'm trying to be good. Not in the sort of formal, very stoic way mm-hmm. in which the Jubilee Singers present. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you no can, I'm, I'm putting it down. Yeah, pick it up. Words, we, stoic. We, yeah, 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 we yeah. I think it's again. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's absolutely yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I. But then I'm looking up and I'm like hearing this choir and they were doing. They did various things. They. I want to say what was on there was the. Uh, of course, uh, the choral finale from Beethoven's Night. So like, uh, da, 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 that whole thing. So that whole section with these fabulous soloists, all of whom are, or most of whom were alum um, of that school. And then they go from that into like, all like other like gospel things and other large spirituals. I think there was Moses Hogan's arrangement of Elijah Rock. And it's mm. still, when I watch it, I'm like, the majesty and power and that all much of whom much of which came from their director the late dr nathan mitchell carter and i'm just looking at this choir on you on um on tv like wow that's amazing and in that concert too was another countertenor and his name was ernest saunders he's also an ancestor now and ernie um came out with this this really light beautiful pure voice singing dr carter's arrangement of if i can help somebody and i was just like whoa what is okay okay that's amazing so and so they play this pbs special and then they say well you will have a chance to see the morgan choir because they'll be coming to nashville 
and doing a concert at Christ Presbyterian Church in uh, Brentwood. And I said, Mama, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go see this. So I go and I'm sitting there just like listening to this choir. Dr. Carter has actually by this time has passed away because he passed in 2004. So I think this is 2005 or maybe later in 2004. And I, I can't recall exactly. But I'm in high school by this point and I'm hearing this concert and I'm blown away already at the variety, at the voices. They sung, sung some of everything. But also in that countertenor, there are three, I'm sorry, in that concert, there are three countertenors, mm. three men who sing high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then, and I'm just like, oh, shoot, okay. And so as that's happening in the concert, as I'm getting enamored, there's a middle section and they're starting to sort of, or either, it was either probably in the, an intermission or some other point, but this man comes out who's very regal and distinguished. Um, he seemed like he just drew the room to you. And he talked about the, uh, the the organization that they have in Nashville, which was a co-presenter at the concert, uh, Salama Urban Ministries. And, you know, this organization that serves young people and helps to build them in the arts and all these various areas that affirm them and supports them. And and uh, and le- it helps them lead helps them to become leaders and whatever they're going to do right yeah, yeah. and and he talked about his you know friendship with the, the late dr nathan carter and how they sent students to morgan and in fact one of those students was the current mr morgan mm. uh, at that time you know i was like oh wow okay so as i'm sitting there listening to these singers and say wow, I've heard myself. I've heard my voice in person for the first time. Mm -hmm. I could see myself there. My mother's sitting there next to me praying. We don't know this to each other, but she's next to me praying, God, I pray my son gets to work with that man. So fast forward, I'm back at the school, back at NSA, National School of the Arts. Mama's prayers. Mama's prayers. And I'll tell you about my mom in a second. She's amazing. Um, But she's saying that. So I'm like, I see myself. She's like, I want my son to work with that man. So get to in, get back to the school. I think maybe it's a week. One of my little sisters, Christina Ray. Um, and if you're familiar with that name, she is a Nashville native, but she also was, I want to say a couple of seasons ago, maybe it was 17 or 18, 2018. She was, um, she was like the third place. Like she was third place on America's Got Talent. Wow. And she was just on all stars this past season. Wow. Uh, that just wrapped up the uh, AGT all stars. So, She's, you know, she comes up to me. Her aunt is the head of theater at Fisk, Persephone Felder Fentress. And she says, hey, Pat, we all know you want to go to Fisk. Fisk is doing the gospel at Colonus, this musical. Um, Would you, you know, you should come and audition and be a part. I'm like, cool. Okay. And when I get in there, it's her aunt, Persephone Felder Fentress, who is a theater legend herself and a fine singer, too. Um, Dr. Peter Fields. Uh, choreographer and at the time head of dance at Fisk. I think he's still there at Fisk as well as now at Tennessee State. And that man that my mother prayed I would work with, <laughs> William G. Krim. And uh, so I did the show. He pulled me aside and he, he said, okay, so you're going to come work for me at Salama and I'm going to be your voice teacher. Wow. And I was like, great. Wow. And in our first lesson, he pulled me aside so he pulled me into. He had me come into the room, and he said, "All right, sing C." And I have a relative picture. I said, "C," and I did it as a tenor. 
And he was like, no, 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 put it in your head voice. And I was like, see, okay, let's go. Now, and go, see, see, see. Oh, we're going high. Okay, he said, yeah, because I know what you want to do. You're going to be a counter So he switched me up. Yeah. To what I was, yeah. what I was, well, he heard it. He wouldn't yeah. let you be lazy. He wouldn't let me he be lazy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, yeah. it, and honestly, it wasn't even about being lazy. It was just uh-huh. like I didn't know what I was doing because I wanted to switch up. Uh-huh. But he was the one that was like, brought it out. I know now. I know how yeah. to do it. Yeah. And his whole thing was, you know, because the way I my sound pattern, who I patterned myself off singing in, like we say, commercial or contemporary singing. It's Aretha, it's Whitney, it's mm-hmm. Mariah, mm-hmm. it's Celine. It was the it, honestly, it was the girls. Right, right, right. I like. I love Donny Hathaway. Mm-hmm. I love Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. I love. Uh, oh, oh my God! I just about to say it. Of course, Luther Vandross. Oh man! I love a now. lot of you know. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, 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 Daryl Coley. Like yeah, you know. But like the voices that appeal to me, mm-hmm. that I felt like I could sing, yeah. were the were the women. That and you're more connected. To. I can yeah. I connected to those voices. Yeah. I connected yeah. to uh, Tone, now known as B Slade. Like those are the voices I connected to. So I was like, okay. He said, yeah. You sing all that other stuff. We're gonna line the whole thing up. <laughs> and it was because of him, you know, his influence that I went to Morgan State. And of course, from Morgan State, as I said, Boston University and Morgan was amazing because, you know, we what I loved about me going to Morgan was that it it further brought me out of my shell. Like it's a I'm this Nashville boy. And all of a sudden I'm in Baltimore City. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm in, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in I'm I'm up north. Yeah, I'm in Baltimore. Like you say, I don't even say Baltimore. I say Baltimore. Like I say, like I say like them. them. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I'm in Baltimore City, you know, Maryland. Yeah. And like East Side, yeah. Um, I know all of that. You know, I, I I I got all of that. So it further like kind of pulled me out of my shell, um, helped me to connect with some really amazing people, but also connecting with people to help me further understand my own self. Mm-hmm. Um, meeting um, in particular, and again we we in the church, but so. It's gonna get me put out National Baptist uh, or somebody's Baptist because they're affirming Baptist too. But like, but like you know, meeting in particular, same in the other, same in the loving black men who were, and at this time I'm like all over the place, like I don't know who I want, who I am, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm fighting this and fighting that. Yeah. And then once I met these other brothers, and it was like, oh, they were gay, and they were really like, and and they were like good and saved. Like yeah, some yeah, of them yeah, were like prophets, right, and I was like, right. "Oh, so I, okay, got you. Okay, let me just go ahead and be." And once I met them, it was like, and then once I said, "Okay," and, and I listened, and, and the Holy Spirit said to me, "I made you this way. I love you. Just be yourself. Just be you. Yeah, yeah, and accept it. You ain't got to. You ain't got to make a big deal. Just, just be you." And once I did that, I noticed how I flourished artistically. Every gift started pouring out. I even have, I've, and still do. I have various prophetic utterances. I would, it was like, oh, so that's what the scripture means in spirit and in truth. I had to live and, and accept my truth. And I met these people that helped me to get there. I was like, oh, that's amazing. And then further to that, um, just building the community, but also the world in which Morgan allowed me to have. I go to a school, like as soon as I got there, you know, they had just opened a new library or were opening a new library. Mm-hmm. The, the student center was new. There's a new community school of communications. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things aesthetically are new and happen. The for, for our fine arts center, the Carl J. Murphy Fine Arts Center, world class space. It's about 
the Gilliam Concert Hall rivals T-Pac. Mm. Mm. It actually is acoustically better okay. Okay. than Jackson Hall at T-Pac. Okay. Um, two thousand or so seats. Really? Okay. So I'm I'm at a black school. With yeah. yeah. With the with high quality arts, Man, it, like facilities and good. possibilities. Like our choir is doing our every concert, our or at least our major concerts on campus yeah. were with orchestra. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a professional orchestra at that. We're performing regularly with, you know, the Baltimore Symphony or Mm -hmm. the Orchestra of St. Luke's. We did the orchestra. We were with the Orchestra of St. Luke's at Carnegie Hall under the baton of Bobby McFerrin. Mm. One time we did an album with uh, the Baltimore Symphony that went on tour. And we were always at the Kennedy Center. Like, this first right down in D.C. Like, you know, we toured the world and still do like. Man, that sounds like a great experience. I went out of the country singing in China South Africa, Ghana, um, Russia, Bahamas. I'm probably missing some places. Mm -hmm. Oh, Brazil. Mm. That's a blessing. I did that. Yeah. Because, with the talents that you got, yeah. Yeah. and with the talent, but yeah. because there was, it was also a school, yeah. you know. And I love Tennessee State. That's my parents' alma mater. Oh yeah, that's my alma mater. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where I currently am employed. Okay. Uh, okay. Shout out to yeah, the go Big, Big Blue. Blue. Go Big you know? Blue. Um, yeah. But, and I will say this: I'm going to be measured in saying this. There is an understanding, at least at that time, for, and this and. Uh, and I understand why mm-hmm. it may not be totally understood yet mm-hmm. in certain institutions, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. particular to Tennessee State, but to other institutions. Mm-hmm. But there was an understanding about arts and the importance of the arts. Mm-hmm. But the other side is like a, a university's business. Yeah. So yeah. we got to put money into what's also going to be bringing back what's the going to generate money. Right. Right. You know, so that was a frustration that sometimes we had because I was a dance minor. Mm-hmm. You know, in the dance program, we didn't always have what we were we should have had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I understood this, but you know, I I came from a place that had all sorts of things, and I then being in the DMV and, and the East Coast and the access to the East Coast, like, oh, you mean to say I can get on a train and be in New York in two and a half to three hours? Right. Oh, bet. Mm-hmm. I'm in the city. I'm in New York. I'm in Philly. I'm in wherever every time. Like, yeah. Yeah. I could just run up and down and gig all over the east seaboard yeah, yeah. um that just was so mind-blowing to me so from morgan to boston university i had to get out of there because boston's racist most racist city i've ever lived in <laughs> um i said it don't yeah. care for them yeah. and they can fight even, me. even some of the players that play with the sales you know in the sports arena say right, the, the same sports, thing the man oh they're awful yeah. they're awful yeah. yeah and boston really pisses me off because they, they like to act like they're so enlightened. It's a big college town. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, it's like, no, if we don't see race, well, as Trevor Noah said, there's nothing wrong with seeing race. It's how you treat it. <laughs> right. So, exactly. Exactly. you know, so these people are a mess. So I'm like, you know, whatever, got out of Boston. But BU was good to me. At least my, I had a great voice teacher. Um, and I had some wonderful colleagues from there and started teaching back at Salama. That's when I first moved back. And then I got the job at TSU because what was cool about that is, I said that once I was in the National HBCU Choir that first year of it, I heard students from HBCUs around the country and I said, we have a lot of talent in our schools, but we don't, I don't know if we really have, like, we don't always have professionals or we, there are people who are professional, but we don't always have people who have various, the types of experiences at a certain level. Mm-hmm. 
that can pour back to regularly, daily into the lives and students of HBCUs. Mm -hmm. I said, God, I want to have a career that I can take that, have that and take it, bring it back to HBCUs. So by 2015, already with the experiences from Morgan and other professional things I'd already done Mm -hmm. that I hadn't gotten into at this point, um, I was teaching at my parents' alma mater and being able to bring those things you know the first vocal master class that TSU had in about 10 years wow, wow. and that I start that I brought which which uh, which manifested into a whole which what I call the Big Blue Opera Initiative which mm-hmm. is an outreach performing training and fundraising program to support the vocal community of Tennessee State um, and uh, area and regional national HBCUs and the represented communities in the arts to redefine what opera is and who it's for mm. And we do all of that, when including that in some, uh, a guest artist series, a guest masterclass series, uh, and artist re- many artist residencies, the Harry T. Burley Spirituals Festival, an annual festival that we have coming up March 25th, mm. uh, March 25th and 26th. All right, this all year, right. Um, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, there's a so we just were able to do that and build a culture around what is possible. Yeah. Again, just those major possibilities. So. Yeah. I, 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 I do my best to live on purpose. You know, breath is so important. As a singer, breath is so important. But as a human being, breath is important. In Hebrew, the word for breath and spirit is the same. Yeah. Ruach. Yeah. Donald Lawrence has a song... God, your name is the sound of my breathing. I speak mm-hmm. your name every time I breathe. Mm-hmm. So when we take a breath, when we exhale a breath, when we use breath, we are engaging spirit. Oh, man. Yeah. So that means you just can't think about taking a breath arbitrarily and just like, okay, just, no, 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 no. It has to be intense. It has to be intentional. It has to, yes. it has to have meaning oh, and purpose so that man. you can communicate what you have to say I don't care if it's about a party I don't care if it's about a breakup yeah, I don't, don't, don't care about it, the, don't it, I don't it. care what it's about yeah. your breath carries the intention yeah man yeah and I'm thinking about from a biblical what you just biblical sense in Genesis God breathed the breath of life in the man literally hand. yeah so so there it is so like you said every time we take a breath if we take that for granted we taking God for granted like <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. That's yeah. That's hold on, hold on. Let, let me let me put a pin on. Let moving me put on, a pin on. on. Let me put a pin on it, man. Hey, hey man, man Patrick yeah, got I, a I lot like to this. unpack, and I love it. I love it, man. One thing about our show, man, we've had guys that come on. They come on, and as soon as they come on, man, they run it through. Yeah. They, they go through the whole story, yeah. and, and, and yeah. we here for it. Yeah. That's and I right. That's right. We here for hey, it. Man. I love this field, man. Hey, I love man. I love the. Yeah. Uh, the direction of different directions. Yes. I like that. Yes, man. We love to keep I a variety on the yeah. show, man. After yeah. this sponsorship, no, not the sponsorship segment break. We'll get into a commercial break real quick, man. And we're going to unpack all of that. Everything yeah. that Patrick just put out, yeah. man. Yeah. We're going to get into some yeah. questions, yeah. man. We got time if he got time. We definitely got time <laughs> if he got time, man. Stay tuned with us, man. <laughs> Thursday, excuse me, Wednesday morning. You are here listening to the baddest podcast in Nashville, the Black Man Ventu Podcast. Nashville, have you heard of Black Man Ventu today? Good morning, Nashville. We hope you guys are enjoying today's episode with composer, 
conductor, and professor at Tennessee State University, Patrick Daly. Today's commercial break, we will play to you a minute excerpt from his performance at the new Psalmist Baptist Church with the Mass Choir performing the song Someday. You can listen to the rest of Patrick Daly's performance by clicking the link in the episode bio. Let's check it out. Brother Patrick Daly, a tremendous singer whom God has blessed and I believe is going to have a glorious future in music, is going to sing this song. Brother Fernando Allen, a student of Dr. Carter, is going to interpret it through our choir. And our choir is going to sing it to the glory of Almighty God. Look at somebody and tell them, I'll get home someday. just like that man we're back we're back hope you guys enjoyed that commercial break nashville have you heard 
a black man vent today the baddest podcast in nashville man we have our good friend patrick yes, daly that is with us and he gave us a great first oh, segment if you guys are just oh, not man. tuning in man we're gonna unpack some of that stuff that he kind of gave us in that first segment nashville have you heard a black man been today let's get into it man one thing that i definitely wanted to touch on uh we had a former guest uh shout out to nick calvin man if yeah, you listen to yeah. this i love you brother you know that i love you man and i appreciate you for being on the show yes nick as well as patrick who just mentioned are part of the lbgt community mm-hmm. and i wanted to ask patrick brother how is that naturally being the black man that you are knowing that that comes with its own complications its own judgments its own ridiculing and stuff man go through your testimony if you will of accepting it as you said in the first segment mm-hmm. and how are you dealing with it today i mean i think that the issue that i, I guess i'm trying to recall because somebody i was on i was listening to another friend who was on a podcast and they were like so how is this and how did i said well you know if it, those issues at this point in my life at almost 35 the issues that one may have with me are their issues. Mm-hmm. That monkey's not on my back. Mm-hmm. Um, once I accepted and breathed, as we were talking about that breath, mm-hmm. and just sat with it, I said, okay. I, once I could also get to the place of really loving myself mm-hmm. and loving what was all possible, because I think what has been really freeing to in the journey uh, because I do a lot of reading. I do. Uh, yeah. I, I like. I love reading. I love reading all sorts of things, and particular reading scholarly sources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a a book called um, "Boy Wives and Female Husbands," and it's, it's a study of of African sexuality and gender sexuality mm. in pre-colonial Africa. Mm. And I read. I've read it various points and various times and it kind of goes through it. Now, of course, the, I think if I'm not mistaken, the, 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 the authors or scholars who presented it are white mm-hmm. um, because that's who was doing that work. Or at, least on that, or at least had the access to put that work out publicly mm-hmm. in the way that it is, you know, because it's in institutions, etc. Mm-hmm. I read it and I was listening, looking through it and I was like, okay. What it basically comes to is that in most African and indigenous ancient cultures, there are have always been people who were what who were some would well, there are people who we call same to the loving mm-hmm. or within the spectrum of <laughs> my friends are going to laugh when I say this because I don't send this I tend not to say this word but within the spectrum of queerness mm-hmm. and and of course people who would some tribes or some communities would call them two spirit or would call them um, or what or what we call non-binary. Mm-hmm today right um or what we would also assume or uh, uh, identify as trans Mm -hmm. today too Mm -hmm. the thing is that those were the people that were seen and uplifted as the prophets Mm -hmm. those are the people who were uplifted as the seers Mm -hmm. those are the people along with because in many african cultures it's also more matriarchal along with many of the women, those are the people that the elders and the leaders of the tribes would go to because they, was, they, could, they were the ones that could see. Those were what the French word is griot, but in, uh, in West African term would be jolly 
or the domas those were the those were the people who kept the stories mm-hmm. in many of these tribes right and so when when the colonial then the uh the colonizers come when western influences come those are the first people that they kill those are the first people that they destroy mm-hmm. kill the story Be- kill, kill the, the story kill the story kill the people who yeah. literally will yeah. say to you yeah. we see what you're about to do yeah we see what you're trying to do yeah we have this we know how to keep this keep folks together mm-hmm. and then what ends up happening is once you kill them and then you give them other ways of knowing um or interpret a way of knowing that we already know as john henry clark would say you would talk about uh the abrahamic uh, religions and those traditions of faith are all African ex- exports. So we already have an understanding of this faith. Yeah. Now you repackage it in a way that situates yourself oh, as see, the center. See, 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 see you going, you coming down my street now. Yeah. So now yeah, you put it, so you put now. yourself as the center. Yeah, yeah, you coming down my street now. And since you at the center, now yeah. we have to devote to what you believe. Yeah, so man. that means it's this yeah. over here or this over here and nothing in between. Yeah. Because if we have anything in between, if we have anything that's more colorful, anything that's that that means that that will disrupt what you're trying to do. That means that you get to hold all the resources. That means you get to hold all the possibilities. I got oh, to that place God. and reading. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, that's your problem. Like like the like the kids say on IG, that's a them problem. Yeah. That ain't my problem. Yeah. So I had to understand like some folks ain't gonna understand and not gonna affirm, and I think that's okay because I always I also am very proud to still situate myself in 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 black institu- I I love black institutions. Mm-hmm. I'm a member of a black church. Mm-hmm. I went to an HBCU. Mm-hmm. I teach at an HBCU. I work with and build institutionally with black people. Mm-hmm. As Dr. Greg Carr would say, p- individuals don't beat institutions. So you have to work within, within collectives to do certain types of work. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's why I'm yeah. still a member of the NAACP. That's yeah. why I'm a member of um, a various civic organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, although my fraternity is historically white, it is the fourth uh, Five Year Office Symphony Fraternity of America. It is the fourth oldest um, from my chapter, the Adazai chapter at Tennessee State University, uh, chartered May 20th, 1956. It is the fourth oldest black chapter. Um, so although that I'm still situated within an organization that is situated in a black uh, institution, like yeah. I love these things, right? So the so for me, regardless of what you think of me and the quote unquote lifestyle, is immaterial. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna let all of that get in the way of the progress we can make? And see, <laughs> and see what I, I like what you that said question. because um, what you said how they how basically they flip our belief system from the Eastern to the Western culture, mm-hmm. and that's what how I be te- I be trying to hip yeah. him to that a lot, man, because yeah. I tell him you need to check your history, man, and when you check your history, you'll find out that Eastern belief system and Western belief system don't really parallel each other. They, like you said, they flipped the roles. Flip the role. That's what they did. And that's what they've done. And when you go back and look at history, that's when I, that's when I be so mad now. I can't get mad. I'm just trying to do better with telling people about it. But how they fooled us with this Abraham Lincoln and this George Washington and all these people. And we thinking they, the people. And then when you start to find out the history of what, what they was all about, 
and, and they had slaves and all this type of stuff. And even before that, you know, and then you look in the history book and they made us learn that stuff and you couldn't go to the next grade if you didn't learn this stuff. And it was all lies. It was all lies, man. Yeah, it was all lies, man. And when I found that stuff out as I got older, that's when I ended up at Tennessee State because I want I grew up in a predominantly white culture and I want to in a predominantly white high school. I want to learn more about my people. Mm -hmm. And when I came to Tennessee State, that's when I got entrenched in all this stuff that they didn't want me to know. You know and I'm, okay, I'm gonna speak to this. They gonna get mad. Yeah. Say it, say people, people ugh. There is an attack. There is an when you brought that up. That's mm -hmm. interesting because there is an intentional, I believe, an intentional attack on black institutions in particular. Oh man, what? Yes, yes. Oh, oh yes, sure. because Tennessee yes. State has been underfunded, undersupported, under <laughs> un, under resourced from its inception, and still I just said have long <laughs> and still produced the best of the best. Yes. All of these black educators that yes. we esteem and that who is like you know i talk about my mama we could talk about all these black senators in the city we can all talk about and, and uh represent uh, and representatives most if not all of them are at least historically have been tennessee grad tennessee state graduates mm -hmm. you know these, mm -hmm. that's why i even though i got into mm -hmm. the conservatories and the, i got into like new England, no, boston conservatory and Northwestern, a couple of other like white schools. Mm -hmm. I knew for undergrad, I was going to an HBCU. Mm -hmm. And everybody said, well, why an HBCU? Well, all the black and all the brilliant black people I know <laughs> that people that like my play uncle and auntie have been on the cover of Black Enterprise Magazine. <laughs> yeah, oh, Black Enterprise Magazine was founded by a Morganite. Mm -hmm. Like Ever, <laughs> uh, 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 Ever Grace. Like what I look like going to, uh, or Earl, Earl Grace, what I look like going to somebody else to learn no all the brilliant black people i know Man. went to those schools i'm gonna go to those schools because that's what made them mm -hmm. but even what i'm saying too is, historically tennessee state was one of the hbcus with the one of the best and one of the premier africana mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah but it was historically the best and you have and still have you had and still have you know master educators in Africana in education <laughs> in in all of these different areas mm -hmm. this is why this is what made the city so when they had, oh. so the real thing <laughs> educate our audience Patrick, when you, come so on, when you so when you attack Tennessee State University yeah, or yeah. any HBCU yeah. that is the that is the lifeblood mm -hmm. of that institution which is which is arming the community economically yeah. and uh and and mentally and oh, emote like we're it's mentally, arming us in a yeah. different kind of way yeah. but you attack it and then the priorities start to shift it becomes a whole it's a lot so i just i get really frustrated because i'm like do y'all even see what they doing yeah. like we don't even know so i think that when we allow for outside influences to determine, as Dr. Greg Carr would also say, or I think he got this from John Henry Clark or uh, or Asa Hilliard, speaking to our ancestors without interpreters. I want to get to the to the sources. I, yes, I, I yes, I read that book by them white people, <laughs> and then I sat down with some old with some old yeah, folks yeah, in the community. Yeah, 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 yeah. and because yeah. they because what they'll tell me is well, black folks. Black people are really, you know, uh, 
uh, socially conservative, and so they don't like that they don't believe that this is right about yeah. the, about homosexuality and same gender loving folks and, que- and trans and queer folks, and they'll say that. And then I look up and I think back to my, some of my experiences. Now, yes, there was teasing, sure, because mm-hmm. kids are stupid and mean, <laughs> duh. But also, kids, as 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 it said in a musical, um, but that's not the quote I'm going to use. But you know, yes. The, in the musical um, uh, Into the Woods the, one of the last songs is careful the things you say children will listen careful the things you do children will see and learn and also in another musical South Pacific it says you have to be taught to hate that's so, so, some, so you learn that, that somewhere boo, that's so but true. the whole point of being taught to hate is so if we keep segmenting ourselves from gender identities and from uh, and sexuality to race and all these other things, we start to see how we we, yeah. we get segmented mm-hmm. so that we can never unite to throw That's over what really what yeah. really is trying to oppress us. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm so I'm looking back at experiences. And I was like, okay, yeah, some children teased, and then I'm also looking back and I'm thinking about old folks and I remember them, uh, older people talking about, well, you know, he's a little soft. They do their little hand, and, you know, <laughs> do and, and they do little, they do a little, they do little hands. They do a little, they do the lip wrist. You know, they talk about you too, but what I didn't see, and I'm gonna say this for myself, what I personally didn't see was people getting put out. Now, I will say, I know that there, I know people where that has been their experience, but I didn't see people get put out of their homes. Mm-hmm. I didn't see people in my experience, and I'm mm-hmm. not talking about everybody else's, but in my experience, I didn't see people being told, oh, we don't love you, you can't come around. It was a don't ask, don't tell, don't talk about it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. everybody knew, mm-hmm. and you were still invited. Mm-hmm. You were still, so I think that we have to give, this is why I love black people, we have to give black folks, we have to give ourselves more credit for yeah, what man. we could possibly be, yeah, man. than yeah. just being, you know, d- d- just saying, oh, well, they don't like that. And I will also say too, that is, but that also has historically been what Black people have done. If we look at the long arc, because we just we can't just take civil rights as you know the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. There is a long civil rights history, long, right? That long. really starts as soon as the first Africans are brought outside the first African uh, the first Africans are brought outside of the continent of Africa yes, for sir. the purpose that it's done so not yes, just sir. 1619 but yes, that 1586 is yeah, another man. study that they're doing about the Caribbean and people are about to bring that out too it begins then that civil rights journey begins then mm-hmm. and it is pan-African we have to make that make sure that that is very clear so when we go all the way back that civil rights journey begins and it begins because of the violence put upon us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we have to say, okay, are we going to still adhere to that violence? Why would I listen to people who literally mean me no harm, no good? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that if that's how you feel and you don't want to do that. But what I have always said is what we see is that civil rights legislation, especially the way it was written, and people have critiques of this in various communities, but the civil rights legislations that we have seen over the long arc of this journey have all been things that benefit everybody. Yeah. Of course. Everybody man. gets yeah. to eat at whatever lunch counter. Everybody gets yeah, to man. vote. Everybody and gets to do that. Like, 
So that's what the civil right was all about, making equality for everybody. Yeah. It wasn't just us, you know what I'm It's saying? like, yeah. so, so not just, so even though black people are saying, hey, we want this. Hey, we don't want to be enslaved. Yeah. Hey, we yeah, don't yeah, yeah, want, yeah. To, we want to vote. Hey, yeah. we want to be yeah. able to walk and have agency. And even though these things are being consistently attacked, mm -hmm. we, the, the fact of the matter is the legislation that that came down to it the, the, the things that came down at the end of it are all things that benefit everyone so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even some look, even the people that were fighting it even the people that were fighting it <laughs> it was going to benefit i think them. it's i think it's really funny and asinine i'm looking at you know a clarence thomas who was like you know against uh 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 What's that thing uh, where they helped that let you in because of uh, uh, affirmative, affirmative action, action. Uh -huh, like being uh -huh. against affirmative action. Uh -huh. And it's like, you know, you got here because of that, right? How did you, you get your, you how, how you you get your job? You got a <laughs> job. We will fall under leadership to someone when we know that we will be t well taken care of. Mm -hmm. I can't follow you. I can't listen to you. I can't quote unquote submit to you if you're going to abuse it. Yeah. Once you're, you get once you get yeah, the position yeah, of yeah. whatever you're trying to get from me, yeah. uh, representing me, then you gonna you gonna act like it never happened, and then you are gonna do your thing. <laughs> yeah, I get you. So you're I not gonna, you. you know and better than anybody else. So I mean, I say so. What I say to all of this is, you know, and it took me a long time to get here, mm -hmm. but I get to this place, and I'm like, you know. If I sit up here and try to lie about it and I try to hide it, that lessens and dims the light that I am. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in a book too. Uh, it's a, another book of my good friend and colleague and big sister of mine, Dr. Alicia Lola Jones, called "Flaming: The Peculiar, uh, the the uh, the Peculiar Theopolitics of Fire and Desire and Black Male Gospel Performance." Mm -hmm. And she talks about men singing high, me being a countertenor. And she profiles a, an example of me at my church in Baltimore, the New Psalmist Baptist Church, where I was singing this arrangement of Beams of Heaven um, someday. And I was singing this, and of course, as a countertenor. So, and it's really a kind of a quote unquote soprano solo. Mm -hmm. But this is how Dr. Carter always interpreted it, often with a countertenor, my voice type, sung by that man, Ernest Saunders, that I talked about earlier. <laughs> and you watch the video, and it's still on YouTube. And you watch the video and the church is losing. Mm. And we're going up. I remember that was the third service of the day. Mm. And folks are in and still, we just and, and still just like going mm. off. And yeah, it was yeah, yeah. and as she noted, it was probably the first time on and it was in it and because New Psalmist aired airs on uh, the word network. Yeah. It was it went on that broadcast. So it was the first time that a countertenor was featured on the word network. Mm. And so what the response, she was trying to, she wanted to examine the response of the people attending in service, as well as the response of the watchers on, on, the, on the show. And then also how I moved and comported in these spaces. And I was like, that's, I was right before I graduated college. So that's like 2010, 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. um, and I would sort of like, and I still do this because I like to do this. <laughs> I did, uh, you know, I, I did sort of, quote unquote, butch up in certain types of rooms. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, you know, be too soft. But I like it. I do that still. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I'm already kind of, I'm already a big dude and I like to do that. And I like to be that because I also like to like throw you off your scent. So you all of a sudden think, oh, here's a big old bald dude with a little bit of a beard. And all of a sudden, like, yeah. <laughs> look, people are like yeah. shook. Well, I'm look, like, look, yes, look, that's what you, I want. You, Deal with you, it. You got me. <laughs> when I when yeah. I saw the video, when I, when I saw when the I video, saw Pops and the video. I was looking at you, I'm hey, like, man. wait a minute. He's like, you don't like, add up. Like, no, I was like, man, that ain't him. That is him. Deal with it. You will deal with it. That's a you problem. And guess what? By the time I'm done, you're gonna be crying and shouting. Hi. Yeah, I love all hey, of that. Nashville, Nashville, it was good. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it was yeah. good. I'm going to tell you. But that, <laughs> but that only comes, that you funny. only, but that I will tell funny. you, the people that we love the most, that we love to watch, the people that are the That's most funny. effective leaders, the people that are the most effective uh, communicators funny, are the ones that show up in their full selves. Yeah, yeah, There's man. no lies about it. Yeah. See, and that's what, you know what? That's the that's what we like on this show. Yeah. Transparency, man. And that's what my son, he wanted to lose to, and we're not going to just throw it out that bus. Right. Right. We welcome any guest. Any guest. Any, any yeah. brother that want to come in and just yeah. talk about stuff, man. Yeah. But let me share this, ask, ask you about this right quick, because we don't want to miss it. You said when you perform that you carry the weight of all the ancestors, man, and the elders, man. And I'm listening to you now and I see why you do because you're educated about what you're doing. You're not just you're not just out here just doing something. You educated about what you're doing. And you understand that when you get an opportunity, you get a platform, you take it to the highest level because you're representing not only yourself, but you represent history, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I appreciate that about you, yeah, brother. Yeah, I really appreciate that about yeah, you, man. But let me ask you this too. So we said we wanted to get into it. And my son probably hit you with something else. So with that being said, how are we going to get our culture to change the thinking, our thinking process? Just like the thing that happened in Memphis the other day. We were just talking about that off, off, yeah. off, off, off air. It's sad that we are still fighting all this stuff that you've just been talking about for the last 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, we fighting all this stuff right. and we can't, it seems like we can't get a leg up because stuff like in Memphis keep happening. You know what I'm saying? How do we, what are we going to do, man? Just give me your explanation. What are we going to do? But then we got younger people that are coming up. Right. You know what I'm saying? What, what, what are we going to do, man? That's so heavy. I think <laughs> um, one thing that has been frustrating in this discourse around what has happened to Tyree Nichols, Ashe, mm -hmm. is that no one I have heard in major discourse has said the terms or said the phrase internalized anti-blackness. Mm. Mm. I have yet to hear it. Anti-blackness. Wow. Okay. So we always <laughs> and also understanding and I'm saying this as someone who has police officers in my sphere. My pastor was the first black police chaplain. Mm. Wow. Uh, Reverend Jimmy Digger is senior. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's Papa. That's like that's my that's like my my granddad, mm -hmm. like or, mm -hmm. or like my dad, because he's <laughs> my mama close in age. So like that's family, right? Right. right. We have police officers in our church. Mm -hmm. I have nothing against individual police officers, but what I don't like is how empire and how the state manipulates systems. This is why we call it systemic. This is why systemic racism. Racism. This man. is why racism yes. is a system. So yes. we can't talk about it. It's yes. not. 
it, it, it's like manipulates systems so that it does the bidding. So in the early days of, of course, when you first get black police officers, they are not even allowed to police white people. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly so, right. And so there's often when whiteness gets involved and when whiteness and when empire those dangerous and violent empires and systems say that they want to control things they will situate um, people who who we would say are representatives people mm-hmm. who are from that community mm-hmm. and empower them and expect them to carry out their bidding and it's and it's all and it's so and it gets it's it's very mental because yeah, the thing man. is because what you because what yeah, you're man. saying it and I'm yes. and I'm saying and even as an opera singer right mm-hmm. like you wouldn't think that there would be that but it, it is that because as an opera singer the idea would be well you know as I was coming to learn the field there were people saying well we need to get more of black black people into opera in this way into the main white and the major white opera companies and into this and that and you know we need to get them singing the great Italian and German and French and Russian composers and it was all of this and it was like getting them into this white western system and I'm like hold on what if I do that and actually I don't even personally I don't esteem Verdi and Puccini and Handel and Bach as the pinnacle who's the top to me is Aretha Franklin the top to me is Donnie Hathaway the top to me is that the top to me is that old Dr. Watts that's what the that's the top to me so right, I don't right. so yeah. so so like getting us to understand that you know these systems are inherently are inherently biased. And so it's very easy for a group of black men to go into a space and to cause havoc and danger and violence to black people because we have been but the thing is i even though they did it and i think and i believe that they should be prosecuted to the hilt i also have grace for them and i'm praying for them because they because they're just as unhealed as most of us black folks were we were we were uh you know Dr. Joy DeGruy also uses this the, who wrote, who did all the work on post-traumatic slave syndrome. That's her book. Mm-hmm. And she gives an example mm-hmm. in one of her lectures about well, you know, during enslavement an example would be that a woman with her son um, maybe the master or the mistress comes up and says, you know, uh, or the enslaver, or the enslaver's wife, I'm changing my language. The enslaved woman would say uh, the, the the enslaver would come up and say, "Oh, look at your son! He's you know, getting really strong, and he seems really smart." And so the enslaved mother would say, "Oh no, he's bad. He's a mess. You know, he doesn't he don't pay he doesn't follow attention. He's a little lazy. He's all of this." The now the child is hearing this and is like, "My mama don't love me. She thinks I'm all these things." No, what she's actually doing is trying to protect you. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to throw it off. Like, she's trying to th- throw off the scent because exactly. they'll see that and be like, exactly. "Oh, you can come work in the house, yeah. or you could be sold." You, like, so mm-hmm. all of it. So now the thing is that nobody said nope. So th- this is why communication is so big to me. Whether it is with my friends, whether it's with my students, whether it's with somebody I'm dating, yeah. tell me the real. Tell me the and real. tell me, give me the method. Give me the give me, me the method the as to real. why. So if you tell me, hey yo, I'm gonna say this this thing, but I'm doing this so we can get this. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. 
but mama didn't get to tell tell her son that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so we have internalized these things Man. that were sometimes they were used as uh, protections mm-hmm. sometimes as even ways in which even how our institutions have been formed right mm-hmm. you know the jubilee singers and I love Fisk. I love Fisk. I love the Ju- Fisk Jubilee Singers. I love the concert spiritual. But packaging the spiritual in a way that is that is palatable mm-hmm. to whiteness. Oh, this mm-hmm. it has to be in this form so that it can sell. Mm-hmm. Now it it serves its purpose and it does a, it does a good thing. But that does not mean that that is the only way, and that does not mean that that is the only um uh, uh, the only thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. And so it's very mm-hmm. easy for mm-hmm. people who don't see. And have not been taught, there we go, the, to see the beauty in blackness in a raw, real, like visceral way. It's re- like, it's very easy for us to sit back and judge to just be like, oh, look, they got all them tattoos and they're this and that. Oh, they talk like that. They didn't go to the right schools. They this and that. And it's. hair and colors and etc and how we name our children Mm -hmm. like some of these names it's like we're actually trying to get back to those sounds of ancestry like yeah unless you understand that you'll attack you'll attack it yeah Yeah, you'll you'll oppress it and you think you're doing a good thing Mm -hmm. because empire says you should yeah 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 so it's so again i'm i'm praying for those brothers and i'm praying for their families and their children so that you know they're not taught to see and to believe in the bad of blackness there is a piece in um i think it's in think it actually is scriptural text but i haven't gotten too deep into it it's a piece uh monteverdi the composer said it it's called nigrasum and in the latin is translated um i am black but beautiful mm. and nigrasum said um i forgot uh a or something like that which is like poker to which is poker to meaning beauty so i am black but beautiful beautiful or back but comely and i was like when i saw that i was like i don't like this mm-hmm. i'm not black but beautiful i'm black and beautiful better yet i'm beautiful because i'm black right? yeah man yes, yeah man yes, yeah man and you yes, know sir. i'm liking what you're saying because when we talk about how the western culture has flipped basically our whole ancestry and history when you look at built in the Bible, how they flip the Bible and, and, and a lot of things in the Bible, what it means. Because black in the Bible is beautiful. When you look at Song of Solomon, he's talking about a black woman. He yes. even says black. You know what I'm saying? So black, even in biblical, is beautiful. But they got us thinking, uh, I heard it in a rap song a long time ago. A uh, bad luck black cat who started all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bad luck black cat who started all we that. So black now. is always yeah. Concerned with something yeah. negative, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they get us to thinking this stuff, man. Next thing, and we talk about it all the time. If you keep putting negative in here, yeah. and you keep putting negative in here yeah. about black, then that's what I'm gonna see. Yeah. Black is negative, you know what I'm saying? And we've been hearing that our whole lives, man, yeah. until we start getting educated. You know what I mean? And then you just think of as we wrap up, man, because Patrick, we need you for another episode. Oh man, we got <laughs> <you> <laughs> yeah, you gotta come back, With man. So I, much, man. I, that you, you, you know, it, you know, killed that time, but that's cool. No, we oh, you, we got, you got now. Uh, now what I'm talking about, he got to come back. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. we got a whole nother episode for you, man. It's so many more. I'm screaming right now. You, man. But man, as we wrap up, Patrick, do do us oh one big goodness, favor. We man. give we give every yeah. guest this one good um just this one good deed, man. 
somebody that's out there listening to you, man, you've helped them. Oh man, he done helped me. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, just, just based off the educational piece. Yeah, behind man. Behind the opera industry. Yes. But what we want from you, yes. man, just from Black Men Venture to you, as you talk to your audience, to talk to our, our audience, give the person that's listening, man, that young black boy, that young yes. white boy, that young black woman, that young white woman, yeah, some bit of advice that they may be needing to better enhance their mental health. Somebody's going through depression right now, anxiety. Somebody's going through that rough breakup. Somebody's going through opening up to the mm-hmm. fact that they may be, you know, or are accepting of their um, um, LBGT uh, 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 understanding, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to that person mm-hmm. that's listening, man, that just needs that from Patrick Yes. in terms of dealing with whatever they're dealing with on a yes. mental health uh, aspect. Um, I just would want to say that whoever you are, that you are, that you are beautiful, that you are valuable. I mean, we say it all the time, you matter. You genuinely do matter. Um, There's a song from a musical. I use a lot of these quotes from musicals. You are part of the human heart. And so we need you as a part of this body the body if if we don't have you in the body then if we don't have you your your particular part of the body then that means that the body is deficient and so even if even if you you don't think that you are out here do, serving a purpose you're serving a major purpose your existence is valuable um you don't know you, we don't even know what you could even potentially do mm. you, there's a lot of possibilities out there for you and whoever told you that you couldn't do something lied to you whoever told you that you were not capable of something lied to you and I'll say this I'm gonna just be real and this might, somebody might find it problematic if there's something about yourself that you don't like I understand I grew up a little chubby boy <laughs> I got grown and I decided I was going to work out. Work towards changing it. Yes. You don't feel like you're as smart as other people? Pick up a book. Go on and 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 read a lot. You know, like literally the education of Carter G. Woodson was educated as a child primarily by sitting around with black men reading the newspapers yes, to sir. him. And as as we are in the first day of Black History yes, Month, yeah, huh? yes, and Carter G. Wilson, when we last year when we first started, we did a little thing on him, man, on Carter G. Wilson. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, man. Yes, sir. See, the ancestors don't make no mistakes. No, yes, no. The, the, the Holy Ghost don't make no mistakes. The, the Holy Ghost don't so, make no mistakes. So I'm like, you know, you can every bit of experience that you have is valuable to what you are going to be able to create and I think that whatever you're dealing with write it whatever idea you have write it down I just have ideas all the time I put them in a notepad I put them under my phone I write them down so that they can manifest you put something towards it every single day you and then if there are people who don't believe in you feel free to reach out to other folks because there is a tribe for you mm. and that particular tribe it may not feel like the folk that you want to be with but they will be the folks that you will need 
and you will be so much more refreshed and fulfilled. You will walk away. You know, I even yesterday I came back in from traveling out of out of the out of the uh, out of the state and had had a long weekend out away, and then I went right from from the airport right to errands and right to teaching. <laughs> and I was dead tired. <laughs> By the time that that evening I had rehearsal with my group, I mentioned the name of William Krim, my teacher, mm-hmm. my high school voice teacher. Well, I have a choral group that's in residence at Tennessee State called mm-hmm. the W. Krim Singers, a.k.a. Right. Wakanda All right. Corral. All right. And we had rehearsal last night for our concert coming up on February 12th at Scarrett Bennett, 3, 3 p.m. Don't worry, you'll be out by the... Um, by the Super Bowl. Don't worry. You'll be good. You go. <laughs> yeah, time to get over there. You, you can get over there. Don't worry. You'll be all right. Yeah. And we had rehearsal after a long day of teaching and doing this and opening up emails and stress. I got with my village. And then Negro sang. Yeah. And we laughed. Yeah. And we cried. And we talked about this. And I, and I was and I was cracking the whip. I was like, nope, that's not the right vowel. That's not where they go. But, this was, but I, w- I walked away like, I feel good I was I was more energized. Yeah. It's about the you know, and and the other side is, not only do you seek out those kind that kind of village, you can be that kind of village to somebody else. Somebody else. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Serving so, others. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's yeah. very much reciprocal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. And if yes. you're looking for something to only serve and, and only take care of you, that's not. I don't think you're doing life right. Mm. Mm. But you have an opportunity to do like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is by loving yourself and loving those around you. And it's okay if you need to take the time to say, you know what? This is not good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. totally mm-hmm. fine to say that's not yeah. good for you yeah. Yeah. and to make a shift. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you got to be by yourself, because I tell my students all the time, they don't like it, but I make my students like look at the mirror. Because they'll be looking, they'll be singing, and they'll try to look off into the sky and look up. And I'm like, no, look at yourself. You got to deal with you. Mm-hmm. You have to see you. Mm-hmm. I don't like looking in the mirror. That's the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't like hearing myself sing. That's the first one. Man. Mm-hmm. So you don't like what you have, and what you have, you don't like your your personage, and you don't like your sound that looks from you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's deep. That's deep. No. Yeah. yeah. And I can't want you to have it. So you got to want it. Yeah, so true. So true. You got to want to have it. So I want you to have it. And you got to, and I want you to want to have it. Mm-hmm. And if it means faking it, if it means, you know, uh, uh, doing what you got to do, you know, in a healthy way, mm-hmm. you know, then be the XL. Don't do that. Some of the surgeries. No. Talk about it. Talk about it. ain't going to work. <laughs> You gotta bring it yeah, back. Yeah. You gotta bring it back. <laughs> we gotta bring it back. But don't worry, baby. I love you. Yeah. God loves you. Yeah. You you matter. Yeah. Hey, we gotta bring it back. That's all I gotta say, man. Yeah. Y'all know. Yeah. Y'all know how we do, man. We we gotta bring it back, man. Patrick Daly. Hey, it's, it's been bro. it's been a pleasure. Thank you, my brother. I've, I've enjoyed. Yeah. The educational piece pops oh, off. I'll let you it. touch on that before we leave. Yeah, man. I, I just love, man. First of all, the. Uh, Variety that we've been able to present as far as oh, yeah. content is concerned, oh, yeah. and I and I and I appreciate him coming on saying what he said about his uh, getting you off the scent because he got me off the scent and then he went another direction yeah. and then he then he hit me with the educational piece. So you 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 a bag you a bag of tricks, man, yeah, but some man. good tricks though. Yeah, <laughs> man. 
Hey man, hey, we guys hope that you enjoyed this episode. It is packed with a lot man, of content. Packed, man. So, dude. It's yeah, packed. Sure. I'm sorry. No, packed, you're good. That's what no, we want. packed That's is what good. That's what we want, man. Yeah, packed is good. You know, I, I, I truly, truly, again, as Pop said, have enjoyed all 80 plus episodes because neither episode has been the same. That's right. Neither episode has been the same. We've had a variety of great black brothers, and y'all just stay tuned with the Black Man Vent 2 podcast because we got a variety of more great more black coming. brothers coming yes. through this year, man. Patrick Daly, man, thank you. Thank, Thank you, you. Thank my you. pleasure. Thank yeah. you, man. Hey, man, we're here, man. Uh, hey, y'all know how we do it. It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can, and you can't do what you can't. Pop. Nashville, until next week, it's a wrap. Black man, don't get trapped.